This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. Uh, Thursday, the 26th of January, in the year of our Lord, 2023, it's the late afternoon and early evening uh, edition of the war. We want to thank everybody. We've got O'Keefe, Gorka, Epstein, Boris, uh, um, Mike Davis, and Dave Walsh. It's uh, Murderer's Row this afternoon, and that's just the 5 o'clock show. 6 o'clock, uh, Royce White. we got Frankie Stocks from National File, uh, Natalie Winters. Dr. Bradley Thayer. So we are jammed for the next two hours here. I want to start with uh, Matt Brainerd. By the way, Blockbuster, I don't think we have it booted up yet, but Charlie Kirk on Real America's Voice, Blockbuster News today. Ron DeSantis came in hard uh, for Harmeet Dillon to be, um, he says, time for a change at the RNC. He threw his weight in and back of it. And I can tell you because we've got Nicole Negrady and, um, and uh, Grace Chung, the Queen of the Trolls. Out in um, out in Dana Point right now, and I can tell you that has led to turmoil <laughs> at the RNC. I want to start with Matt Brainerd and ask Matt. Matt was actually here yesterday while we had uh, Kent Joe Kent in, in the war room. Matt, I read this piece, but what uh, you know, I didn't really realize the depth of it until talking to Joe. Uh, the RNC, and you're talking about change. You had this piece; it's now up on War Room. It's it's quite incredible. Um, Talk to us about why there's change needed at the RNC and what happened. Joe Kent lost by, what, a 1,000 votes or something like that. It was you know, un- close to 1% or under 1%. I mean, it's, it is a crime that he's not in Congress. We, we needed that young man uh, more than anything. Uh, what happened in the RNC? What happened with the RNC in this campaign? I think there were 80,000 identifiable uh, uh, low-propensity voters, Trump voters, who would vote with Trump on the ticket, but – you got to really work to get them out in the midterms, and you guys couldn't get the uh, couldn't get the resources from the RNC. And this is in the it's going to come down to a couple hundred votes. You couldn't get the resources uh, because of uh, something to do with consultants and who who you're using and your vendors. Uh, walk us through that because I think the audience needs to understand what's really at stake with this RNC situation out in Dana Point, Matt Brainerd. Right. So what's important to understand about Joe Kent's race in Washington state is that it's a place where ballot harvesting is legal. And that means that your field program is essential to victory in a competitive race. And we were getting down to the wire in Washington state. And we had identified, as you said, 80,000 pro-Trump, pro-Kent, reactive Republican voters who are just going to vote straight to Qadar, but they are not engaged enough. They don't watch War Room. They don't they don't know that they have to return a ballot or even that they're having an election. So it's important that we have a field program that can knock on these people's doors and get them to return their ballots or return their ballots for them. And we turn to the Republican National Committee who is funding field programs in other parts of the country and ask them, hey, can you help us with a field program? 
And they said, no. And I said, why? And they said, because you're not using our free voter data and associated apps. You've decided to go with some third party solution. And I figured, well, this was because they want to make sure any data we collect goes back into their big system. So it's not lost. So it can be used in future elections. And I said, well, oh, we'll give you back all the data you help us collect and all the data we've collected in total. So you don't lose anything. And the answer was still no. It is our policy, vicious compliance policy, not to support field crow programs that do not use our in-house preferred vendors for voter data and for apps. Now, you might have, this actually kind of picks at a much bigger problem, and that is that, well, if they're offering you free voter data and free apps, why are you paying money for a third-party vendor? And what this piece gets at is the systematic failure of the Republican National Committee on the nuts and bolts side of elections, specifically voter data and targeting and fundraising, where our candidates are vastly underserved. The truth is that there's no limit to what the Republican National Committee can do to help our candidates if they don't care about taking care of their friends who are consultants and don't care about a profit motive. But unfortunately, they've consistently put their relationships with consultants and profit motive for those consultants ahead of helping our candidates. And the reason I wrote this piece is because before the RNC is the opportunity to make a change. Now, I brought this concern in front of the current chairman, Ronna Romney, uh, McDaniel, she ignored it, and then she told a closed-door room of RNC members that there was no problem. But when I raised the issue with uh, Harmie Dillon, she got it, she understood it, and she wants to do something about it. It's important that people understand just how badly served our candidates are by the RNC. So I'm going to give you a very small example, okay? When you donate $100 to a candidate through WinRed, if the RNC really cared about helping our candidates, they'd have a platform where the fee would be around 25 cents on that $100 online credit card contribution. Unfortunately, because of the way they built it through their consultant friends, it actually costs $4 taken right out of that contribution. And even worse, much of the time when you're getting an unsolicited solicitation for a candidate you haven't donated for, uh, before, either through text or through email, and you click that link to donate, what you don't know is that as much as 90% of that contribution is immediately taken away by the fundraising consultant who owned the list who sent that email out and doesn't actually go to the candidate. So you give $100 to a, consultant, uh, to a candidate that you really like, maybe only $6 actually goes to them. And I think that it's, it's fraudulent to not reveal those percentages that don't go to the candidate. And the RNC could be building a much better system where, again, rather than $4 on every 100 on the transaction, it's just 25 cents. And rather than paying 90% to a uh, rev share consulting company, instead, you're just having candidates share lists that they own with each other. So they're helping each other raise money rather than helping consultants get rich. And that is a fundamental problem with the RNC. It's they're holding our candidates back. And just think about how many candidates lost this last cycle because they didn't have the resources they needed or because on the voter data side, there's they were stuck with voter data where their mail bounces or the phone calls don't go through. And you talk to any county party chairman across the country and they will tell you how bad the RNC data is and how bad their designated apps are. I had one governor's race where they were using RNC data and they had about 60 percent phone penetration because the phone numbers were so bad. We switched to a commercial alternative that really wasn't that expensive and it jumped up to 80 percent.
Those are the margins that make the difference in terms of whether or not Republicans win or lose. And it's the RNC's failure and the systematic nuts and bolts issues that aren't very sexy. You don't hear about them in the media. I'm sure this is the first time many of your people watching the show have heard about this particular problem with the RNC. But in terms of voter targeting and apps and fundraising, they are failing our candidates. And it's time for it to change. And now's the time for it to change, preferably tomorrow with the with the new vote for the new chairman. This is this is kind of get to the thing itself. I want you to very slowly go back through that, hit the high points. This audience has to understand this. Go back and, and just walk through how the system's set up today and how it is not there to essentially help the candidates. Right. The RNC has designated a firm, which is actually run by an RNC member, or they call it data trust, which manages our voter data. This is vastly inferior to other options that are available, and our candidates are depending on it because they're strong-armed into using it at the state party level, at the local level, and at the campaign level. Then on the fundraising side, we have an incredibly inefficient fundraising operation in WinRed that is costing our candidates way more than it should and is giving uh, third-party consultants the opportunity to basically uh, embezzles tremendous amounts of those contributions that are meant for campaigns. The RNC could solve this problem. It could give us the, the it, there's no limit really on how good our voter data could be and how efficient our fundraising operations can be. But because they are tied up with RNC members who run these organizations, who have a connections to them or consultant friends, we're stuck with this incredibly inefficient and counterproductive national party apparatus that is failing our candidates and costing us elections. Embezzle is a tough word. Is it just that the structure – because Pat Cadell used to always tell me, he said, look, we drove basically the consultant class out of the Democratic Party decades ago. You guys basically have always had the consultants run the Republican Party. Is it just economic structure? Is it really embezzlement? Is that just the way that's – because that's a harsh term. Is it, or is it just the way that the economic structure is set up around, uh, around uh, these consultants? When you see a candidate you like – and you get an email that you didn't solicit saying, hey, help this candidate, make a contribution, click this link, and you give $100, and you think you're actually giving $100 that to that candidate, but 4% goes off to WinRed, and 90%, upwards of 90%, goes to a fundraising consultant, I would call, and it's not disclosed to you, I would call that embezzlement. And I would say that the RNC facilitates that when there's alternatives, such as creating a common market for candidates to share their lists that do not take that amount, take that amount of money or hide the fact that they're taking that amount of money. It's, it's to me, it is, it is criminal. And it, it would pay me to have to look a donor in the eye and say, hey, you, you work really hard, especially in this economy, to make that financial contribution. You did it through WinRed. And guess what? Only six of those $100 went to your candidate. It's unconscionable. I can't, I can't imagine trying to look a donor in the eye and tell them that. And it's, it's incredibly dishonest. And it's something that the party has the ability to fix. And with the right leadership, it can fix it. If the if Act Blue is the counterpart to Win Red, correct? And Act Blue's Act Blue's uh, economic structure are the same fees taken out? Are they comparable? Or are they, they they do it for the four cents that you talk about instead of the well, four dollars, the twenty five cents Red, versus the four dollars? Well, the rev share amount, how much their consultants take if there's an immediate split, auto split. I'm not a Democrat. I don't have access. I do know that the rate that the uh, that Act Blue. Co- uh, 
uh, takes on the transaction fees is comparable to WinRed, but it's not good enough to be just, in fact, WinRed intentionally matched ActBlue because they figured that's the most they could get away with uh, without being accused of, you know, taking too much. Because before that, it was actually higher than ActBlue's, people complained, so they made the same of ActBlue's. But the truth is, it can be so much less. Again, when you're raising millions and millions of dollars, you're having races decided as 2020 was decided by just a few thousand votes in a few different states. Those, that loss of 4% rather than a loss of 0.05 or 0.25% makes a difference. Every dollar counts. So that's why we need a party that is almost has a priesthood mentality of complete dedication to helping our candidates win with no intention of trying to make money for anybody. And that's really critical right now because it's not it's not good enough just to be the same as the Democrats. We've got to do better if, we've got, if we're going to beat them. And we do that by providing better voter data, better candidate support for that data, better apps, and a much better fundraising apparatus that will would be vastly less expensive than it is right now, vastly more efficient. And, you know, there's another problem with WinRed that we need to talk about. It's built on top of a woke tech company called Stripe. 98% of Stripe employees' contributions go to Democrats. And that woke company's mindset is why they were able to shut down Donald Trump's uh, win red tied stripe account after the 2020 election when he was wasn't, trying to raise money wasn't, to fight wasn't, 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 wasn't stripe 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 was brought in by kushner Why let's go ahead and play the DeSantos uh, clip i think stripe was brought in by kushner let's let's go ahead and play uh, the DeSantos clip and i'll get matt's uh, assessment who should lead the rnc and whether it should be rana for a fourth term or go a different direction with harmeet dillon what are your thoughts on this well we've had three substandard election cycles in a row, 18, 20, and 22. And I would say of all three of those, 22 was probably the worst given the, the political environment of a very unpopular president and Biden. Huge majorities of the people think the country's going in the wrong direction. That is an environment that's tailor-made to make big gains in the House and the Senate and state, house, state houses all across the country, and yet that didn't happen. And in fact, we even lost ground in the U.S. Senate. And so, you know, I think we need uh, a change. I think we need to get some new blood in the RNC. Uh, I like what Harmeet Dillon has said about getting the RNC out of D.C. Why would you want to have your headquarters in the most Democrat city in America? It's more Democrat than San Francisco is. A blockbuster today. Uh, Ron DeSantis comes out in uh, in backs Harmeet Dillon. It's it's caused Dana Point to go in total turmoil. We know we have That's... people out there. Uh, we've also talked to the Dillon team and to. Uh, to uh, Mike Lindell, your thoughts. We got about twenty seconds, uh, Matt. That that's some real leadership, and whether it's leadership on the level of Governor DeSantis or the grassroots in every party in every state across the country who are shouting to the RNC members, how could you possibly reelect Rana? For them to, if they, if any of them are yeah. thinking of reelecting Rana, I have to go Greta Matt, Thunberg's. Like, yeah. how dare you? We, how dare you? In the face of the base, yeah. we, aggressively we, having we, a preference. We've got to bounce, Matt. Well. We'll, we'll put, we'll. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, the deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. 
Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bandit to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I want to uh, briefly address uh, the Speaker's decision to remove Mr. Swalwell and myself uh, from the Intelligence Committee, as well as his continuing threat uh, to call a vote uh, to remove Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, I'm joined, uh, of course, by my colleagues Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar. Uh, let me just begin, if I can, uh, to make a few observations about the decision on the Intelligence Committee and then hand it off to my colleagues. Um, this decision by Kevin McCarthy to bow to the demands of the most extreme elements of his conference uh, and use the Intelligence Committee as this kind of political uh, plaything doesn't show the strength uh, of his speakership. Indeed, it shows the weakness of his speakership, uh, that he is so beholden uh, to the most extreme uh, elements of his conference. Uh, and it bodes, I think, uh, poorly for how he'll conduct uh, the remainder of his speakership for however long or short that may last. Um, but more uh, to the point, by arrogating to himself the decision about who on the Democratic side of the aisle uh, should lead the Intelligence Committee, who should sit on the Intelligence Committee, um, he will cause the intelligence agencies, I think, to distrust uh, this uh, action and uh, in combination with the formation of this so-called Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which ostensibly will have access to classified information, uh, it will only, I think, breed distrust within the intelligence community as to uh, what it can share and what ca it can feel confident about sharing with the Congress. Uh, that will impact policymakers in terms of the information that we have to make decisions about how to protect our national security. Uh, so uh, this is, I think, not an unexpected but nonetheless destructive move by Kevin McCarthy uh, that will bode well, uh, that will bode ill uh, in the future for the kind of decisions that he has to make to placate the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Paul Gosars, uh, and of course uh, his boss down in Mar-a-Lago, the disgraced former president. And, of course, uh, the War Room, Thursday, 26 January, Year of Alert 2023. I have to give a hat tip. I think we played that yesterday, but I saw it. Got to give a hat tip to Colonel Derek Harvey, who got that to me in, in Sundance over at Conservative Treehouse. And if you don't have Conservative Treehouse, it's one of the places you go to daily. You have to. In uh, Sundance, one of the most brilliant, uh, uh, I guess, uh, analysts out there. Seb, uh, Dr. Seb Gorka, this is kind of a bombshell, and I don't know why people are not all over this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Gorka. Did Schiff just sit there and go, given the moves that, they're, that, they're, that the uh, Republican House now is making on intelligence and, and getting rid of Swalwell because of the Fang Fang situation and Schiff because of his lying and leaking classified information and, and lying to the American people and, and throwing him off, did he say that the intelligence community is, is really thinking through how much they're going to cooperate with 
yeah. the House Intelligence Committee, Select Committee, sir? Yeah, hat tip to my my old colleague uh, Derek for for this one. So what you just heard, and that that is stunning, stunning audio and video clip. There, you've got the former chairman of the Intelligence Committee giving you, in an open session at a press conference, the prima facie evidence that the deep state is real, that that the body that does oversight. The Permanent Select Committee that has oversight over the 17 intelligence agencies in America are now being instructed, are being threatened by Adam Schiff, that the agencies underneath that supervision, that oversight, will not cooperate with the congressional body that has exclusive oversight over them. That, that means that, you know, you called it the administrative state. I think that's far too polite. The deep state is real. Uh, th- this from the same person who, by the way, Pompeo, which has uh, never happened before in American history. Pompeo just did a TV interview where he said, I know, I have the proof that Adam Schiff, as member, as chairman of the Intelligence Committee, leaked classified information from that committee. It's never been said before by that a is, former director of the CIA. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, also it. a felony. I mean, it, it, yeah, but I want to go. The reason I, the deep, I call it the rogue element because it's up in your, it ain't so deep. Let's go back and, and I want to thank Sundance. <laughs> I want to get the, the, the conservative treehouse piece up everywhere. Um, let's just, I want to make sure the artist understands this shift told the American people that the intelligence community is going to decide on their own what they share and what they yeah. don't to McCarthy and, uh, and the people that are on the uh, intelligence uh, uh, thing. Is, is there any other – do we need any other evidence that the national security state, the intelligence community is working hand-in-glove with people like Schiff to the fact that he could arrogantly, when he's been stripped of this, and I think he should be, because of this, stripped of his security clearance, that he, Bingo. That he sits there and goes, they're going to they're decide, decide what they share and what they know as far as oversight goes, uh, sir? We, we need one more piece of evidence. It would be nice that we have that same kind of relationship, not just with the Democrats in the House, uh, but also with the Senate. Oh, by the way, we've got that evidence. Remember, maybe your guys can dig it up. When Chuck Schumer, Sunday morning TV, a few years ago, says what about President Trump, who is then the president? He warns, he threatens the incumbent executive, the man for whom all the intelligence services actually work. And he says, ha don't forget, the intelligence community has seven ways from Sunday of getting to you if you don't do what they want to do and if you threaten them. That was Chuck Schumer. That's the Democrat leader in the Senate four years ago. Now we've got it from the former chairman of the Intelligence Committee in the House. That's it. Done deal. We've got it. We've got proof. Senate, House, Democrats, Deep State, you guys are going to do our bidding, not the bidding of the incumbent president if he's a Republican, and definitely not the oversight of the committee, which is charged with supervising your agencies now that we have a Republican Speaker of the House. That's it, Steve. What, what more do you need? Uh, the weaponization of government, the reason the church committee, which this is based upon, the church committee was formed because uh, FBI and CIA being out of control, 50s and 60s, all the way to the 70s, anti-war movement, other things they were doing, the KKK, the uh, 
the against the black going to the Black Panthers and having the CIA involved in domestic politics. The fact that on Tucker, you've had uh, you've had Tucker read from a guy who's in the CIA said they were involved in the Kennedy assassination. Given what you know now, Seb. What should Jim Jordan, who who is not speaker because he wanted to be both judiciary yeah. and weaponization of government, what what is your guidance for Jim Jordan, his arc that he should take immediately, given what Schiff just said? All right, so so uh, let's be clear here. I, I'm not a fan of the church or the Pike committees. Uh, they didn't actually get the job done. They didn't stop the CIA from developing into more of a deep state. They didn't stop the FBI from becoming a weaponized branch of the DN- DNC. Uh, and they also led to kinds of uh, developments such as FISA, which is a secret court that creates secret warrants to spy against Americans, which is illegal. So I'm not a big fan of them. They, these committees never really end up doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, and also, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of th- this idea that we're going to fix things with Congress. The best they can do. And by the way, Tucker, really, I got a lesson, okay? It's going on your show and doing a monologue where you say, here's the proof the deep state killed JFK. And, and the smoking gun is an anonymous CIA officer who you're not allowed to know who he is, says, I believe the CIA did it. Sorry, that's that's not uh, evidence. Uh, an anonymous person saying, I think we it did it is not dispositive. However, what Jim can do, and this is the best they can do. I'm sorry, this is the best they can do until an executive comes into the White House that cleans out these agencies, that moves the departments out of D.C., is just get it all out there, Jim. Get it all out there. The best thing you can do, for example, is to talk about the Russia collusion hoax. Get the information out there. Subpoena people like Steele. Subpoena people like Vindman. How, how many days have we had this new Congress, Steve? I thought we were going to send it, be sending out subpoenas the first day. Where are they, Steve? I'd like to know. You don't think this, you don't think Jordan and McCarthy are being aggressive enough right now? I, I see great press conferences. Uh, I mean, Kevin was great when it comes to, you know, if you'd seen the FBI briefing I got on Eric Swalwell, the only man in Congress who can't say these words, I've never slept with a Chinese spy. Great press conferences, but who cares about press conferences? I want to see open hearings. I want to see these people sweat. I want Brennan. I want Comey. I want Stroke. I want Orr. I want Page. Sweating bullets in front of Jim Jordan in an open session, talking about being asked, what's that insurance plan you had that you were texting about with, with your paramour that you said, oh, don't, don't worry if Trump wins, we've got an insurance plan. What the hell is that insurance plan? I want that happening right now. That should be happening right now. Vindman, what, what is Vindman as a serving 05? Not once, but twice, get an offer to be the, the, the defense minister of Ukraine, the country which, by the way, he was born in. How does a, a serving 05 in the army twice get offered by Kiev to be the defense secretary of that nation as he's in un- uniform? These are the questions I'd like to see asked. Seb, how do people get to the show, the podcast, all of your different substacks, all of your content, and your social media coordinates? 
Yeah, we, we are everywhere under Seb uh, or Sebastian Gorka. So Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The website is sebgorka.com, sebgorka.com. You can download the America First podcast. And the easiest for the unique content is the uh, new Substack, which is my whole name is one word, Sebastian Gorka, sebastiangorka.substack.com. Uh, but Steve, you tell me, are you satisfied with the last week and a half of activities? We need to see subpoenas. We need to see hearings immediately. Yep. Immediately. Bingo. I agree with you. Action, action, Bingo. action. I like direction, but now it's time to deliver. That's what I remember. They, we couldn't debate the McCarthy uh, speakership because we had to get going right away. It was going to slow things down. Seb Gorka, honored to have you on here, brother. Thanks. God bless. Mm. My, my deputy at the White House. James O'Keefe next. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You got to publish your own story. You got to publish your own story. We're exploring, like, not, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate it doesn't create something like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something crazy. It's the way that the virus started in Wuhan. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks, because, like, Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have 
absolutely no moral compass at all. Are they revolving door for all government officials? It's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being a regulator, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. They're hearing as well. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health, it's profoundly corrupt. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This letter report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. James O'Keefe joins us from Project Veritas. James, every time you're coming on now, I say, man, how did he get that? It's a blockbuster with his Facebook, uh, the uh, CRT at the school, the gender-affirming uh, surgery. But this one may be the most important I think you've ever done uh, because this is and the reason it's gone viral with I don't know how many million hits. Walk us through what we heard, how important this is, particularly today. I know you dropped it on the eve of, uh, of the uh, FDA uh, meeting today about the bivalent booster. Walk us through what we just saw and how important that is, sir. Thank you, Steve. Well, this is an undercover investigation. Uh, the most watched video in Project Veritas history, Steve. It's got, I think, 14 million views on Twitter right now. Uh, and this is an executive. He does mRNA scientific planning. He's one of Pfizer's directors of research and development. We have an internal staff chart confirming he is who he says he is. He does indeed work for Pfizer. Um, and he, he's basically talking about lying to the public, deceiving the public about what they do there at Pfizer. And most of our stories at Project Veritas involve powerful people lying to the American people. Perhaps one of the greatest, um, one of the worst things that he says is that it's bad for Americans what they're doing, but good for Pfizer. And he said, and he begs us not to tell anybody that they're discussing mutating the virus. They're taking steps towards doing that. Um, and he says that the virus he suspects started in Wuhan. Nothing that would shock you or your audience, but it's interesting to hear it come out of the mouths of pharmaceutical executives, Steve. James, one of the things that people's heads are blowing up globally when you talk about the 14 million, and, and by the way, Veritas has been around for, what, 12 years or longer. So to, to say that it's the most watched in your history is saying something. One of the things I know from talking to people around the globe at, when this thing came out is when he talks about mutating. There's one thing to kind of look at that or do it in the, because they're talking about right now in the FDA having a different booster every year on mutations. But it sounds like he's talking about gain-of-function research conducted by Pfizer. Is, is that what you surmise also? Well, we had a Twitter space. We had a number of doctors on there, including Dr. Malone and some other doctors, and they said that it's, he's playing a language game. 
So we asked, our journalist asked, isn't that gain of function? And he kind of demurred, uh, but he called it something else. Um, uh, and he, he changed the language of what he was referring to. It doesn't actually change what it is that he's doing. He called it, quote, directed evolution, which sounds maybe even more sinister. Uh, but uh, in, in, similar to the CRT, critical race theory educator we caught last week, he also tried to change the language of it. He said, well, I don't call it critical race theory. I could still do it. Likewise, the Pfizer executive is effectively saying, well, if you don't call it gain of function, you know, what we're doing, he said, don't tell anybody. He repeatedly said this, please don't tell anybody, please don't, don't share this with people. He, he was very emphatic about that when he talked about the animal experiments that Pfizer does. He says, quote, this is a direct quote, promise you won't tell anyone the way the experiment will work is that we put the virus in monkeys and we successively cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from the monkeys. You have to be very controlled to make sure this virus when you mutate it, it doesn't go everywhere. So uh, you may be asking, what is Pfizer's response to this? They have responded in a way. They've shut down the comments on their social media accounts like TikTok. And I've learned, um, I've learned that Pfizer has started interrogating inside their company today, just as the, in the last couple of hours. They sort of have interrogated everyone to figure out who is the source of the leaks to Project Veritas, Steve, last night a number of brand new Pfizer whistleblowers have come to us after we published the video. Uh, uh, James, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they started to sweep his, all his social media p accounts. People came to me and said they're, they're making this guy a non-person right now. Is there any truth to that, sir? Well, he's, he, they may try to make him a non-person, but he actually is a person. We uh, cached some of the screenshots. I, I published that on my Twitter page. And we, we have his, uh, he went to Yale, he graduated Yale 2013, got his doctor of medicine at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School. He's based in New York. He's worked as a consultant to something called the Boston Consulting Group, a urology resident at Massachusetts General Hospital. We have his Pfizer email address, his boss. Uh, we have, uh, his, her name is uh, Shuang Wu, who is three under the CEO of the company. Steve, this is not a low level person. Uh, which is something they haven't said because it's not a low-level person. Um, and I think Pfizer's response it verifies the story even more. They haven't said it's fake. We know that this guy works for Pfizer. We stand by reporting. And as I speak, Steve, we just posted my interaction with him, with Jordan, Jordan Walker, uh, in New York City the other night. I, I, I walked up to him with a microphone like I, like I do, and he, he physically assaulted my cameraman. That video is online as of five minutes ago. We're going to pull gonna... that here momentarily. By the way, Boston Consulting Group is one of the most prestigious in, in, in the world. Uh, where is your investigation on this going? I know you can't give the details of all your undercover work, but directionally, where are you heading on your assault, frontal assault on Big Pharma, sir? Yeah, assault, uh, uh, pun intended. Actually, the NYPD asked me if I wanted, we wanted to press charges again. This is extraordinary. This is like a soap opera slash, you know, Pfizer Watergate. It's just, it's it's riveting. It's it's tragic. It's enlightening. Um, I think the future for us is finding brave people on the inside of Pfizer, Pfizer to go on the record. And I, that would be what I would say is the future of this because we would not have been able to fully verify this report, but not for people on the inside of Pfizer. In fact, the person who recorded this uh, is a Pfizer person. So 
Um, there's a lot of people inside the company that are shocked, outraged, indignant, and have a conscience. And I would say if you're watching this program, which many of you I certain, I'm certain are, you can look behind my head. I always do this, Steve, on your program. You go to that website right there, projectveritas.com backslash brave. Um, we're going to see, Steve, the reaction to this latest report we just put out. The guy physically assaulted us. And then we'll we'll publish our next uh, report after that. Uh, James, how do people go to support your work? It's it's incredible, and I know you have a ton of small donors, and the Warren Posse is honored to be part of that. How, where do they go to support this work? Yes, and I love the segment that you put in there, brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer. We are not brought to you by <laughs> Pfizer. We're not brought to you by anybody. Um, it is really, isn't it interesting? We grow up and we watch TV and we just accept these these programs are literally paid for by powerful Entities. So Veritas is a nonprofit organization. We're tax deductible. We're a charity like Cars for Kids or Habitat for Humanity. You get a tax deduction when you donate to us, and we don't take advertising money. I don't necessarily criticize everybody who does as long as there's a, a firewall, but we don't have advertisers, and no one tells me what not to do. We operate truly without fear and without, without uh, favor <laughs> towards anyone. So I would donate. Donate that, on the website. We can, that, that, I want everybody in the Warren Posse to go there today and find out more about Veritas. And I can, verita- I can verify you do not tell James O'Keefe what to do. <laughs> He's a man on a mission. James, honored to have you on here. We're going to play the rest of the tapes in tomorrow. It's yeah, just incredible. Uh, this is a blockbuster. Went live. Play the interaction with the guy for your audience. It's unbelievable. We thank will, you. sir. James O'Keefe, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Veritas, I'm telling you, this 14 million views is they've been in business, what, 12, 13 years, uh, maybe longer. Uh, yeah, longer than that when Andrew uh, hooked up with it. it got to be 12, 13, 14 years ago. This 14 million, the most watched ever. Uh, the assault on big pharma. We got an assault on big tech, too. Mike Davis, are we having any impact? Are things changing? Are they changing rapidly enough? Mike Davis, you're all over big tech. Uh, James O'Keefe's all over big pharma. Uh, are you making as much progress as O'Keefe is, sir? Uh, he's very good, but I'll tell you, the Internet Accountability Project has ma- been making a lot of progress over the last three years. We have uh, worked with the War Room Posse, with you, Steve, and your War Room, uh, War Room Posse, to uh, change the debate on the right, uh, where two days ago the Biden Justice Department filed a uh, groundbreaking antitrust lawsuit to break up Google's uh, monopoly over the $250 billion digital advertising market. If this lawsuit would have been filed two years ago, Republicans on the Hill, the Google-funded shills on the Hill, would have been screaming and yelling about the free market and all the other nonsense that, that the Google talking points uh, say. Uh, but uh, we have seen uh, former skeptics of antitrust law enforcement, like Senator Mike Lee, applauding this lawsuit and even uh, big tech's biggest defenders, like Speaker Kevin McCarthy and House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, are eerily quiet over the last two days. So I think the Internet Accountability Project, working with the War Room Posse, has won the fight on the right. And this lawsuit <laughs> is going to break up. Go ahead. Go ahead if you can just stick through the break, I, I want to I want to tee this up. Just stick through me. Mike Davis is going to stick because here's why. Um, you see O'Keefe going to the heart of it about where the research is in big pharma. Uh, the Internet Accountability Project 
you've gone to the heart of it. And what this uh, lawsuit against Google is to cut the, you know, to cut the vampire off from the blood by cutting off their monopoly over the digital advertising. It totally changes the economic model. This is this is kind of Teddy Roosevelt antitrust busting at its best. Mike Davis, it's not lost on us. There's been crickets from the normal defenders of uh, of big tech. Short commercial break. Mike Davis got Boris Epstein is going to call in and give us an update. President Trump, there's a poll up on Breitbart, exclusive poll over in Breitbart. President Trump's up by 35 points. All next in the war room. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVID tax the relief. new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, go to Getter. We got people streaming out at Dana Point right now. Get all over it. I'll be joining this after the uh, after the six o'clock hour. Six o'clock hour is going to be a blockbuster. You got to stick around for that. Uh, Mike Davis, you have with IEP uh, and Warren Posse and others that have had your back and called. You, there's definitely a sea change because there's been essentially crickets. This is, and this thing was a blockbuster because it goes to the heart of the economic model. It cuts them off from the monopoly on digital ads. But before I let you go, and I want to get the website and where people can go, I, Seb Gorka was here, and Seb's the same way as, as I am. Hey, I, directionally, it's good. I'm seeing a lot of good press conferences. They're putting stuff out. They've had these meetings, I think, down at Mealy Island. It's time to get on with it. Where, where are we? Particularly, I think you're sending the wrong signal now by not carpet bombing these people with hearings and subpoenas. Mike Davis, your thoughts? Yeah, when you're in the minority, you can tweet and issue mean statements when you're in the majority you actually have subpoena power and you can get documents and hold hearings uh, we've been in the majority for three weeks now uh, we've known we were going to be in the majority for at least two and a half months remember we had to hurry up and elect kevin mccarthy as the speaker of the house because waiting for a day or two may slow down the house republicans oversight agenda where the hell are the subpoenas where the hell is the house judiciary committee where the hell yeah. is jim jordan 
They are certainly not defending Google right now. They're awfully quiet. Uh, Google's biggest cheerleaders in the House, Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan, are awfully quiet about this antitrust lawsuit. Uh, uh, so what are they doing? Why is Jim Jordan not issuing subpoenas right now when the Biden Justice Department has been completely well, weaponized and politicized? And not to shift, by the way, shift challenged uh, that clip we played. And thank uh, conservative Treehouse, Sundance and Colonel Harvey for bringing our attention again that he challenged that this IC community is not going to work with him. I would carpet bomb him with subpoenas. Right. Well, what the hell are you talking about? It's time to get on. He challenged McCarthy, said, however, long or short. His tenure is, I want to thank the Warren Posse for bringing that to my attention, he gave a veiled threat to McCarthy. Jim Jordan, and we, I think the world of, of Congressman Jordan, we got to get on with it now. And you're sending the wrong signal. It's time to pull the trigger and let's get on with it. Mike, how do people uh, get to you and learn more about your, big, your fight against big tech? Uh, thank you, Steve. It's article3project.org, article3project.org. There's a link on there for the War Room Posse to go look at the antitrust reforms that we are pushing. Uh, we are Getter Twitter Truth at, at Article 3 Project, at Article Number 3 Project, and my personal is at MRDDMIA, at MRDDMIA. And thank you again, Steve. Thank you, brother. Uh, okay, we've had Big Pharma with Veritas. We had Big Tech, and now I want to bring in uh, Big Energy, and really the big assets, the ESG, announced that Chevron is going to take $75 billion of its capital and instead of plowing it into development, production, exploration, all in the, the vertical integration, we need to be full energy spectrum dominance, right? They announced they're going to do a stock buyback. Is this just financial manipulation and engineering, as we call it, uh, Dave Walsh? Or is there something deeper there we're missing, sir, about ESG and these big woke uh, asset managers and pension funds, sir? Well, there's a couple of things. It is always a bit of a sad thing when a company kind of self-liquidates, but instead of investing in its core business proposition, a higher return in its mind is to dissipate cash to shareholders and buy stock back. That that's it, It's unfortunate. I mean, there's obviously a lot of hard investment needs made in refining capacity, diesel refining capacity, new production, new exploration that they're, they're bypassing for this buyback. They had a $25 billion buyback plan already. This triples it to um, $75 billion over a several-year time period, about 20% of their shareholding. But this is uh, this company, I'm looking at their sustainability report, advancing a low-carbon future, um, investing in the San Joaquin Valley in a carbon capture facility, growing lower-carbon business opportunities. I mean, this is, this is among the greenest of the majors in, in oil. CalPERS is a huge investor in Chevron. California State uh, Pension Fund, the Mass State Treasury through its Pension Reserves Fund, which again, Massachusetts employs, huge investor in Chevron. These shareholders have had a lot of uh, momentum in this company to actually vote down about five different uh, management propositions on GHG. They wanted stronger ones, the shareholders. The net zero 2050 scenario that management put forward, these shareholders voted down. They wanted more dr dr dramatic shift of the business out of oil and gas, which is, is shocking and sad. So, I, you know, it is possible, hopefully, maybe um, the board and management are trying to reshuffle the deck through this and actually buy out some of these share positions. I, I don't know. It would be a good thing because this is an oil and gas play. It, it's a great company. We need them investing in refining capacity. We need them investing in diesel, diesel refining capacity in more U.S. production. But, you know, they've been they've been reacting to the drumbeat of Granholm, of Secretary of Treasury Yellen. You know, let's get out of yeah. fossil fuels. 
Biden hasn't shifted the momentum this is, on this. This is. Th- this is why in DeSantis you're doing, this is why you got to go with these Larry Fink and these big BlackRock, these big asset managers, ESG. Give me a minute because that's where I got 60 seconds on. Can we turn this economy around until we get to back to being full spectrum energy dominant, sir? No, we, we, we can't. We still need we still need diesel capacity. We need we're still the, the economy is 92 percent dependent, 93 percent dependent on fossil fuels and nuclear power all in. In the total energy mix in the U.S., transportation, home heating, electricity, all in, that to make the economy remain competitive, industrially competitive, militarily strong, we must have a strong oil and gas sector. We must have a strong fossil fuel power sector to fuel the country and not have brownouts, blackouts, and the kind of uh, we're going to get into a period now. China's coming out of lockdowns. We're going to have higher higher per barrel prices on oil and gas coming up with that demand growing, even though the rest of the economy is in a bit of a funk. China is going to begin to open up and cause prices to go up. We have got to be in the game. The thing, the thing, these guys have the money in part because of the opportunism of the existence of OPEC helps drive global prices up. We continue to need to take measures to crush OPEC, not to do business with yes. them. We needed to do this under tell. numerous prior administrations. How how do we get to you on social media and find out all your work, sir? I'm at uh, Dave Walsh Energy on Getter. Thank you, Steve. The great the great Dave Walsh. Thank you, sir. Okay, next hour, Royce White. You're not going to want to miss this, Royce White. We've got Frankie Stocks from National File. We've got Dr. Bradley Thayer, and of course our own Natalie Winters. Short commercial break. Back for the second hour of the War Room in just a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.